Welcome back to Yesterday Today. I'm Jake Westbrook, this year's McLean. We're bringing you the sounds of yesterday today. Kind of the whole point of the show. Glad to be with you. What? I, I said glad to be with you. You introduced me, but then I didn't, I didn't say anything, so I figured I'd kind of kind of just slide right in there, you know. So people know who McLean is right. and hear the voice. Yeah. No, I, I, I get the voice you. thing. Yeah, we... Yeah, yeah. We also have an extra person in the studio with us today, a large man, a very large man sitting right over there. He's, he apparently, okay, this is really complicated. I'm, I'm still kind of trying to sort it out, but he's apparently a representative from the Department of Education, I think, right? Isn't that right, Mr. Uh, Rando? <laughs> oh, please, please, call me Mondo. It's me given name. Anywho, yeah, me is from the Department of Education, and uh, it turned out that um, upon reviewing the records, it seems that you guys, uh, you uh, uh, standardized testing uh, from high school like a gazillion years ago, um, it, 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 it got lost. It, I, it got lost. Both of ours? Completely coincidentally, somebody misplaced our standardized testing from like 10 years ago. Yeah, well, look, hey, don't look at me. The problem is not mine. Point is, me has been sent here to administer you guys a GED test to determine if you is fit to retain your high school diplomas or if me would have to confiscate them in a very violent and uh, uh, violent-like manner. So I was kind of hoping that this would be something that I could, like, kind of not do. Um, Yeah, you know, that'd be nice. Also, secondary question. Why did the Department of Education hire you? (laughs) Did I I, I tell her we could handle the English language? Me is is a savant, don't you know? (laughs) Yeah. Huh. Great. Okay. Well, this is actually kind of fitting, um... Since since uh, the, the theme today is back to school, because it's that time of year again, heading back to the old institutions of education. So uh, I guess we're going to be... Is this like the SATs? What are we doing? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, so the Department of Education uh, is allowing me to write the test myself. Oh. Mm-hmm. Hold on. That doesn't sound very standardized. Exactly which Department of Education are we talking about here? Oh, it's the local one. They is made up of a board of uh, very corrupt uh, individuals. So, <laughs> good luck with that. Anywho, uh, me has got the test ready. Me was up all night preparing for it. There are many good questions here that will that will make you really think and use your brains. And oh, me spilled spaghetti sauce on this one. Oh, hold on. Sorry. Hold on a second. Lovely. <clears throat> Lovely. All right. Well, while we take our tests, the uh, first episode. We have today is of the Archie Anders show, which we played on here before. But this episode is about the first day of school. It's actually titled "Late for School" because, as you might be able to guess from the title, the characters are late for school. Also, side note: I realized recently that Archie Andrews and the Aldrich family, one of their shows was ripping off the other one. I'm not quite sure which, but anyway, here's Archie. The Andrews. Teen Family program was a very common genre back in the day. visit to Riverdale. It's morning as we look in on the Andrews home, morning of that most exciting day in the lives of youngsters everywhere. 
The day when vacation ends and school begins. And our boy Archie, true to form, is... <coughs> yes, still sound asleep. He's still asleep. Archie, mm-hmm. wake up. It's late. Wake up, dear. Archie Andrews, do you hear me? Oh, Mom, stop. I gotta get to sleep tomorrow's school. Archie, today is school. Mom, not so loud. I wanna get a good night's sleep. Archie, you've had a good night's sleep. It's morning and it's ten after eight. Yeah, Mom, I know it's ten. What time? Ten after eight. In the morning? Yes, in the morning. Monday morning, the day I go back to school? Yes, Monday morning, the day you go back to school. Holy cow, I'm late, I'm late, Mom. Mom, how did it get to be ten after eight? Well, that's what I want to know. I thought you were going to set your alarm for seven o'clock, so you'd be up good and early. But it's just a trouble, Mom, I did. You did? Uh-huh. I, I remember now. The alarm did ring at seven, and I got up to shut it off. But it was so early, and I was so tired, I, I figured I could lie down for just another five minutes. I guess I fell sound asleep again. Now, look, Mom, it's ten after eight, and I had to get up at eight o'clock at the very latest. Well, I'm sure if you hurry. I'll never get to school on time now, Mom. Never. It's first sure. day of school, and I'm going to be late. And I'll be kept in after school. Archie, Archie. And I made a resolution never to be late this year, Mom. And now, look, I'm late already. And Archie, I'm late. You won't be so... late. Your father will drive you to school. How can I ever get to school on time when it's already... Drive me to school, Dad? <laughs> yes, drive you to school, Dad. Oh, boy, it usually takes me 15 minutes to walk it, Mom, but if Dad drove me there, I might even be early. Yes, Archie, you'd even be early. Oh, boy, do you think Dad'll do it? Well, I'm sure he will when we tell him how important it is. Now, come on, he's in the shower. Okay, Mom. Oh, boy, I'm sure glad you thought of that. You saved my life. I'd sure hate to be late on the very first day of school. Well, you won't be so relaxed. Over your shoulder, I'm walking A friend! Somebody call me. Yes, I called you. That you, Mary? Yes, it's me. Fred, come out of there. What? I said, come out of there. You have to drive Archie to school. What? Archie's late for school. Did you call me a fool? <laughs> oh, for heaven's sake, he can't hear me. Oh, let me try, Mom. I got a stronger voice. He'll hear me all right. Dad, come on out of there. I'm late for school and I want you to drive me there. Look over your shoulder. I'm walking behind. Oh, dear. He didn't hear you either. Well, gee whiz. Mom, I'll make him hear me. Dad, 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 can you hear me, Dad? It's me, Dad. Archie. Morning, Archie. Good morning, Dad. Dad, can you drive me to school? School? Oh, good grief. Archie, do you go back to school today? Not unless you come out of there. Did you say come out of here? Yes, I did, Dad. I can't right now. I'm covered with soap. Oh, for pity's sake. Fred, you've got to drive Archie to school. With soap all over me? No. After you rinse the soap off. Oh. Is it important? Yes, it's important. He's late. Oh, okay. I'll drive him. Good, but hurry up. Yeah, I'll come back. Well, we finally got the message through. Yeah. But I think it would have been easier to send him a telegram. I think maybe... Oh, boy, there's Jughead calling for me, Mom. I gotta go shut him up. 
Archie, I'll attend to Jughead. Now, you go get dressed. Oh, okay, yeah. Mom, okay. But tell Jug to quit screaming his head off in the corner. I will, dear. <laughs> Yes, Jughead, I know. In fact, the whole neighborhood knows. But Archie isn't ready yet, so stop yelling like that and come on up. How come Archie isn't ready? Well, he overslept a little. He's just starting to get dressed. Just starting? Oh, boy, he's going to be late. Oh, Jughead, Archie won't be late. Mr. Andrews is going to drive him to school. Oh, is there room for me? Yes, Jughead, there's room for you. I'll be right up. Good. <laughs> Jughead. He's just about the most impossible child I've ever seen. Uh, but Archie, Jughead's coming up, dear. Oh, okay, Mom, thanks. Now, do you have everything you need? Clean shirt, clean handkerchief? Sure, Mom. I laid out all my clothes last night to save time. All right. I'll go remind your father you're waiting to get into that bathroom now. He'll never come out of there. Hi, Archie. Uh, hi, Jughead. Come on in. He was still in your underwear? Yes, still in my underwear. I'll be dressed in two seconds, Jug, because I got all my clothes laid out right here. Well, you better hurry up. We don't have too much time. Yeah, I know, Jug. I know. I, I, I... Oh, boy. What's the matter? Where's my other shoe? <laughs> what other shoe? The one that goes with this one. <laughs> I have the right, but where's the left? I thought you had all your clothes laid out. I thought I did, too. And don't argue with me now, Jug. Help me find that other shoe. Well, where did you put it? Jug, if I knew where I put it, I wouldn't have to look for it. it must be here someplace. Hey, Archie, here it is. I found it. I oh, boy, that's it. well, Jug. That's great. That's the same shoe. Huh? That's the same shoe I had, Jug. The right one. We were looking for the left. She was, are you sure? Jug, don't you think I can tell a right shoe from a left shoe? Sure, but maybe this pair of shoes are both right. <laughs> Jug, you don't be funny and help me look for the other shoe, a left shoe. Okay, okay. Well, why don't you put your shoes where you can find them? I did. I put those shoes right where I would see them in the morning as soon as I... <laughs> Here it is on top of my dresser. <laughs> That's a nice, sensible place. Why didn't you put it in one of the drawers? <laughs> Jughead, never mind the sarcasm. The main thing is I have both shoes now and I can go get washed and dressed. Well, just don't break any shoelaces now. Don't worry. There we are. They're all tied. Now I'll go get Washington. She was that be Dad already? Sounds like it. Archie, where are you? Golly, it is Dad. How do you dress so fast? Didn't bother with shoes, probably. <laughs> Jackie, don't be funny. Look, you just go tell Dad that I have to wash and I'll be ready in half a minute, huh? Okay. Mr. Andrews? Jughead, where's Archie? He's just washing. Still washing? I thought he was in a hurry. He is, but he had a few problems. How did you get down there so fast? I just slipped on trousers and a shirt to take him to school. I'll shave and finish dressing when I get back. That is, if we ever leave. Oh, he'll be ready in a few seconds, Mr. Well, Andrews. hurry it up. I'm all set to go. Okay. Hey, Arch, your father says to hurry up. Okay, John. I'm all washed now. Already? Uh-huh. Wow. That must have been once over lightly. Jughead, I didn't have time to stop for any beauty treatment. Come on, i got to get the rest of my clothes on, and we got to get out of here. Anything I can do to help? Yeah, yeah. Look, you hand me the things I need while I put them on. Huh? Hey, give me my shirt first, John. Here. Boy. Sure. Good thing that Dad's driving me to school. Here's your tie. Thank you. I'd be 15 minutes late to school at least if it weren't for Dad. Here's your jacket. Thanks, Jack. Eat this. 
You know, it's times like these that, that make me understand why they invented fathers. Yeah. Here's your handkerchief and your wallet. Thanks. Yes, sir. I don't know what I'd do without good old Dad to help me out. Yes, sir. Well, I'm all set now, Jug. Let's go. But I can wait. I sure don't want to be late to school on my first day. But how I'm going, Mom. What about Well, I'd better skip it, Mom, uh, just to make sure I'm on time. I'll eat a big lunch. All right, dear. Goodbye. Have a good day at school. Thanks, Mom. I will. Come on, Jug. Hurry up. Oh, we're off to school at last. Archie, will you listen to me for a minute? Well, Chuck, what is it? You forgot your pants. Judge, I know that, and I don't need any pants. Judge, why didn't you tell me? I've been trying to. Holy cow. I'll run up and get them. You tell my father I'll be right down. Yeah, but don't forget anything else, pal. Jughead, what's keeping Archie now? His pants. What? His pants. He forgot them. Forgot them? You mean Archie came all the way downstairs without his pants? Uh Uh-huh. And if I hadn't told him, I think he'd have gone all the way to school before he realized it. <laughs> oh, that kid will be a wonder if he ever gets to school at all today. Oh, Peter, I got him, I got him. Well, and he's even wearing him, too. Uh, hi, Dad. I had a little trouble getting dressed, but I'm all set now. Well, it's about time. Now, get him. We're going. I am, Dad. Come on, Joe. Hurry up. Come in. Good. Okay, Dad. Okay, we're all set. Oh, and I sure appreciate your taking me to school like this, Dad. It's the only way I'd have been on time. Yeah, you'll be on time, all right. Nothing can stop us now. Well, almost nothing. Dad, what was that? Sounded like a blowout to me. Oh, no, not a blowout. Well, no, soon enough. Well, is it, Dad? Is it, huh? Yes, Archie, it is. A blowout on the rear tire. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Yep. That tire's flat as a pancake. We're not going anyplace with that. Just when I'm late for school. Well? It's much too late to walk now. It's and it'll be... take us a good 15 but minutes I... to change that tire. But and I'll be 15 fine. minutes late at least. And I'll get yeah, detention I... period for a week. And I was my very first day of school. My uh, very first Archie, day uh, will you please <laughs> calm down? So we got a blowout. And it looks like you'll be late. But raising a rumpus about it isn't going to help any. Nothing's going to help now. Well, if you'll just stop getting hysterical for a minute, maybe we can think of some other way to get you to school. What other way is there, Dad? What? You, Archie! No, who's that? Betty, she's over on the porch. Oh, fine. How about a ride? Judd, go tell her I'm too late to stop and talk to her about... A ride? Judd, did she say a ride? Uh-huh. Betty, do you mean a ride to school? Uh-huh. She was sure. Okay, I'll tell my father. Okay, Betty, fine. Well. Oh, boy, Dad, how do you like that? Just when we're stuck and don't know what to do, along comes Betty and offers us a ride. Well, Archie, you see, that just proves that nothing is as bad as it looks. I guess you're right, Dad. I guess you're right. And things sure look bad there for a minute. Uh, you've got plenty of time now. But I haven't. I'd better call the garage and you come out and change this tire or I'll never get to the office. Today. Okay, Dad. I'll see you tonight. All right, Archie. Have a good day at school. Thanks, Dad. Bye, Dad. Bye, Mr. Andrews. Oh, well, Jug, was that luck or not? Having Betty offer us a ride just then. Yeah, it sure was. And how? Oh, that Betty's a sweetheart. Yes, sir, I always said she was a swell kid. She's what you call a, a real friend. Yes, sir. Oh, well, come on, let's go over there and get that ride. Well, here I am, Archie. Oh, hiya, Betty. We were just coming over to... Here you are? Betty, what do you mean, here you are? Here I am, ready for that ride to school. Ready for the... You mean, you want to ride to school? Uh-huh. 
Well, you said I could, didn't you? Who said you could? I thought you were inviting me to ride with you. Oh, no, Archie, I couldn't do that. Daddy left his car in the garage yesterday to take out the dents Mother put in the fender. <laughs> but, Betty, what was it you just went to tell your father? That I was getting a ride to school with you. He's been trying to get me a taxi all morning because I overslept, but there aren't any taxis to be had. Well, that's just great. That's just fine. Now, we're all stuck. Stuck? You mean your father isn't driving you to school? He was, but we got a blowout. Oh, for heaven's sake, when I saw you all standing here, I thought you were just leaving. Well, we were, but we're not. <laughs> Unless you know of some way to change a tire in half a minute. I don't, but I do know this. If we stand here talking much longer, we're really going to be late for school. We better get started. Betty, if we walk, we'll be 15 minutes late at least. Well, if you stay here, you'll be even later. Well, not if we can think of some way of getting a ride. Archie, there is no way, and you know it. I'm going to start walking right now. Better late than never. Maybe she's right, Archie. We better go with her. No, no, nothing doing, Jug. I want to get to school on time. Yeah, sure, but how? There's no taxis, no buses, no nothing. Jug, that's it. What's it? We could go over to 5th Street and take the bus. 5th Street? Uh-huh. The school's in the other direction on 3rd Street. Jughead, I know that. But 3rd Street, we'll take the bus. See, I'll explain it to you. If we walk one block out of the way to 5th Street and take the bus 10 blocks cross town, we can then walk back two blocks to 3rd Street and be right at the school. I think. <laughs> that saves almost all the walking. Well, maybe it would be faster. There's a bus at 8.30. You ought to be along any minute. Yeah, then let's go, Judge. Come on, we better run. If we miss that bus, we're dead dust. Yeah, I'm running, Archie. Faster. I'm running. But I bet these soft boiled legs I had for breakfast never thought they'd wind up scrambled. <laughs> Jughead, never mind the jokes now. we got to catch that bus. Jughead, look, there it comes now. Come on, we got to get to the corner before the bus does. We'll never make it. Faster, Jughead. That bus driver's a practical joker. He loves to race people to the corner and then leave them standing there. <laughs> Jug, quit talking and run faster. We're almost there now. Come on, Jug, turn on the seat. Hey, bus, stop. Stop. Hey, wait for us. Mister, miss me. Go ahead, get on. I am. I am. Oh, oh, boy. A ride to school at last. Yeah. Put your fares in the box, please. Yeah, we'll just... Huh? Fares go in the Cohen box, right there. Fares? Oh, boy. Mister, how much is it? Seven cents, like it says. Oh, boy. Jug, you got any money? Sure. Two cents. <laughs> Fine, all I got is a nickel. We've only got seven cents between us. The fare is 14 cents for both of you. Just what do we do now? Maybe he'll let us go halfway for seven. <laughs> Check it, don't be silly. We've got to pay the full fare. If you fellas don't have the fare, you're going to have to get off. Jug, look, maybe we ought to pool our money so at least one of us could ride. Hmm? Nothing doing, Archie. We're in this together. All for one and one for all and none for all and all for none and none for all listen, and all. Listen, listen. Do you two have 14 cents or not? Well, we thought we did. Well, I don't care what you thought. Do you? Well, I guess not. Hmm. That's all I wanted to know. All. Oh, mister, couldn't you just let us ride for nothing now and tomorrow morning we'll pay you double, huh? All. We won't even sit down. Oh. We're going to be awfully late for school, mister, and if you uh, just... Uh, it's funny. Look, I don't own this bus. I only drive it. And the man who does own it, he's stubborn. He insists people pay him for riding on it. In fact, he pays me to see that people pay him. 
So either put 14 cents in that pair box or get off. How about a pack of bubble gum? I said Okay, yes. okay. Looks like we get off, Archie. Yeah, it looks that way. Come on, Jug. Well, that was the shortest bus ride I ever had. It's worse than that, Jug. We're now one block further away from school than ever, and five minutes later. And we had to run like the dickens to do it. No, never mind the running. The point is that now we'll be 20 minutes late for school, and there's nothing we can do about it. Not a single thing we can do about it. Who's that? She was. It's Veronica. Veronica? Veronica? Oh, Jughead, you're crazy. That isn't Veronica. That's an angel from heaven. Hi, Veronica. Hello, Archie. Archie? <laughs> Not today. We don't have time. Huh? Oh, that's right. Uh, Veronica, you're going to school, aren't you? Well, of course I am, aren't you? Sure, we are. If you'll give us a lift, huh? Well, of course. Hop in. Oh, swell. But my goodness, Archie, what are you doing way over here on 5th Street? Don't you usually go down 3rd Street? Well, usually, but we decided to take the bus today because it's so late. But after we got on the bus, we discovered we had no money. Money? Oh, my goodness. Oh, it wasn't that bad, Veronica. The driver just made us get off. No, I don't mean that. You just reminded me. I forgot my money. Your money? Well, what do you need money for? Well, I don't need money, but I do need my purse. Your purse? Of course. I can't go to school without my purse. I got my lipstick in it, and powder, and rouge, and comb, and bobby pins, and sewing set, in case something nips, and safety pin in case my sewing nips, and lots of things. Veronica, are you going to school or a wrestling match? <laughs> Going to school, silly, but I wouldn't think of going without my purse. I'm going home for it right now. Oh, but Veronica, it's getting late. I'm getting we're only five blocks from my house, but and if I hurry, we'll still get to school on time. Oh, but that's awfully risky, Veronica. I see, I'm not going to school without my purse, and that's final. Oh, boy. Chug, what do we do? Well, I figure it like this, Archie. If we walk, we're surely going to be late. And if we stick with Veronica, we'll probably be late anyway. So if we're going to be late anyway, we might as well be late in comfort. Yeah, I guess you're right. Oh, okay, Veronica, we'll go back to your house with you. Do you know something, Judge? If we get any more rides to school, we may not get there till the end of the term. Hey, Archie. Now, it didn't take so long to get back to my house, did it? Uh, no, Veronica, we made fine time. But we still have to get to school, so will you please go find that person in a hurry? Mm -hmm. I am, Archie, I am. And quit worrying. We'll be at school five minutes after I find my place. Yeah, oh, sure, Jug, sure. Only five minutes from here all the way to school? <laughs> the way that girl drives, I can believe it. Well, I still don't like cutting it so close. I like to be there on time. Gee, you sound like you've never been to school before. Jug, never mind whether I've ever been there before. The question is, will I ever get there again? <laughs> What's taking her so long, anyway? It's a big house and a small purse. <laughs> Jughead, we can't wait all day. Come on. You going to school without her? No, I'm going in there and hurry her up. Archie, my father says there are three things you can't hurry. Turtles, my Uncle Herman, and women. <laughs> Maybe so, Jughead, but I'm still going to try. Veronica, where are you? Right here, Archie, in the dining room. Veronica, look, it's getting awfully late. we got to get going. Now, why don't you just forget about that purse, huh? You can borrow whatever money you need from one of the other girls in school. We really can't wait any longer, Veronica. We don't have to, silly. We just got... Huh? I found my purse. See what you did? Uh-huh. It was right on the table where I left it. See? 
You mean we can go now? You're all set? Uh-huh. Jughead, didn't I tell you Veronica wouldn't take long? Didn't I tell you she'd get us to school right on time? I told you. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Veronica, don't tell me you forgot something else. No, but Daddy's taking my car. Who cares? As long as we get to school... Your car? Oh, no. Mr. Lodge, come back. Daddy! Mr. Lodge! Daddy! Oh, Mr. Lodge! Daddy! No point in my getting a sore throat, too. He's done. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy. He sure is... Veronica, what the dickens was that all about, huh? Oh, I don't know, Archie. Unless Daddy came out and saw my car out here and thought I decided to walk to school after all, so he took my car to the office with him. But where's his car? Well, Mother took it downtown to go shopping. To go shopping? You mean we're stranded? Way out here? Further away from school than ever? Oh, boy. We sure have been making progress backwards. <laughs> and it's getting late. We better start running or walking or something, Archie. Do whatever you like, Veronica. I'm not going to bother not going to bother. That's right, that's right. I give up. I just plain give up. You mean you're not going to school? That's right, Jug, that's right. Evidently, it's just not in the cards. Or the stars aren't right. Something. I can see I'm just not destined to get to school today. But you can't just stay home. Well, I might just as well. If we start walking now, by the time we get there, all the program will be given out, and we won't know where to go or what to do, and all the good seats will be gone, and the new books will be given out, and... Well, it'll be such a mix-up, we might just as well forget about the whole thing and, and just not go to school today and start fresh tomorrow. Nope. I know when I'm left. I just plain give up. She was... Look, look at the milk wagon. Milk wagon? Should I get who wants a bottle of milk at a time like this? No, look at who the milkman is. My Uncle Herman. Who? My Uncle Herman. Should I get what the dickens is your Uncle Herman doing working as a milkman? I don't even know what my Uncle Herman is doing working. Oh, Jughead, even your Uncle Herman couldn't escape work forever. I guess not. Hey, but Archie, this is a lucky break for us. For us? Jughead, what's your Uncle's job got to do with us? Well, don't you see what he's driving? A milk wagon. What about it? He's He... Jughead, you don't mean... Why not? What are you two talking about? You'll find out, Veronica. Call him, Jughead. Call him. Hey, Uncle Herman! Jughead, is that you? Yeah, it's me. Whoa, I'm Archie Nice. Hello, Jughead. Hello, Archie. Hello, Veronica. Hello, Mr. Jones. What are you kids doing over here? Well, we were trying to get to school, Mr. Jones, but uh, what are you doing with that milk wagon? Helping out a friend of mine. A friend of yours? Yeah. He's a regular milkman on this route, but he got sick and asked me to take his place for today. I got three dollars and all the leftover potsies. It's pretty easy work, too. All you have uh, Mr. To do... Jones, look, look, I'm sure it's pretty easy work, but could you possibly do us a favor? Well, it all depends on what it is. Well, we're late for school, awfully late, and the only way I can think of getting there anywhere near on time would be in your milk wagon. In my milk wagon? Uh-huh. You mean well, it... Yeah, you got it, Uncle Herman, you just got it. Well, I guess I could. I just made my last delivery anyway. You mean you will? Why not? An emergency is an emergency. Oh, my goodness, you think we can get there on time? You leave it to me and all homogenized here. We'll get you to school on time and make a lot of whipped cream doing it. Here's the school 
kids, here's the school. Yes. Well, that was pretty good time at that, wasn't it? Good. Mr. Jones, that was the wildest ride since Paul Revere. Yeah, but we're here anyway. Yeah, now the question is, are we late or not? Oh, boy. This late bell now. Oh, my goodness, we're late after all. Oh, it doesn't matter, Veronica. If we run for our classrooms now, the teacher won't say anything about our being a few seconds late. Come on, let's hurry up and we... Uh... Hey, look at all those kids. Oh, my goodness, everyone's coming out of school. He was. Were we that late? Golly, we couldn't be more than a few minutes late. Well, then why is everyone coming out of school? I don't know. I don't... She was there as Betty. Hey, Betty, what's going on? Why is everyone coming out of school? Hi, Josh. Hi, Veronica. Oh, Mr. Jones. We're all going home, Archie. Going home? Uh-huh. We all gathered in the auditorium, and Mr. Weatherby told us that all the books and stationery supplies have been delayed and won't be here till tomorrow. So there was nothing much we could do today except get our schedules and programs. So he gave out the programs and sent us all home. Sent you uh-huh. I picked up your program for you. He didn't really have to come to school at all today. Didn't have to do... Oh! <laughs> Uncle Herman, quick, get a bottle of milk. Archie shouldn't have skipped breakfast today. <laughs> Back to the Andrews. It's that evening, and Archie is relating the hectic experiences of the morning to his father. And then you all went to school in a milk wagon? Uh-huh. The wildest ride I ever had, Dad. <laughs> Archie, that's the most fantastic thing I ever heard of. <laughs> the three of you going to school in a milk wagon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> silly, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> silly. I, I think it's hilarious. That's funniest thing I ever heard of. <laughs> well, gee, I'm glad you feel that way about it, Dad, because Uncle Herman says you and Mr. Lodge and Mr. Jones owe the milk company $10.58. <laughs> $10.58. What the dick is for? Milk, Dad. We got to school, but 46 bottles of milk didn't make it. They kept falling off the wagon. Archie Andrews, you listen to me. I'm not to another chapter of The Adventures of Archie Andrews, written by Carl Jampel and based on the copyrighted feature appearing in Archie Comics Magazine. Archie is played by Bob Hastings, Jughead by Harlan Stone, Mom and Dad Andrews are played by Alice Yerman and Arthur Cole, Veronica and Betty by Jane Webb and Rosemary Wright. This has been an NBC Radio Network production and was produced and directed by Kenneth McGregor. Incidentally, those of you who'd like to see our show can obtain tickets by writing to Archie Andrews NBC Radio City, New York, 20, New York. The tickets will be sent to you as soon as possible. Please allow sufficient time as the demand is heavy. Meanwhile, listen next week at the same time for more of the merry adventures of Archie Andrews. And now, this is Dick Dudley wishing you all a wonderful week till we meet again. So long, everybody! All right, welcome back to Yesterday Today. McClay and I are deep in the middle of these uh, standardized knowledge tests, which I'm really doubting that these are standardized since Mondo here, the representative from the Department of Education, he seems to have written them himself. So Yeah, uh, speaking of which, uh, Mondo, Mondo is it? 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, what? what yeah, yeah I, what? I'm a little confused. Yeah. Is about you amazed? This is you amazed by the impeccable wording and the insightful uh, uh, queries that me has queried at you? No. Oh. I was gonna ask about this question here. Um, the question is, what is two plus two? Uh, which wouldn't be so bad, but I'm a little confused when it says, "Explain your answer." Using only pictures, because Mondo don't do words well. Huh, my question just says, name your favorite three types of fish. Oh, yeah, me is very curious to know what your favorite three types of fish are. It's a, it's a hobby of mine, is gauging every individual's um knowledge of fish, or, or, or the liking of the fish, or how they like to prepare the fish and put the fish into a sandwich. Me, me enjoy fish sandwich. Fish sandwich good. What was your question again? You ever get those dreams where suddenly you, you wake up and you're back in school and you're, you're not wearing any pants and you're panicky and stuff? This is kind of like that, except this is much worse than I am wearing pants. Huh. Well, if you, if you don't want to be wearing pants, me as can fix that. No, that's okay. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just work at my own pace. Um, okay, but that, if you change your mind... I'm not gonna, actually. I'm not going to change my mind. Yeah, hey, never say never. That is the first rule of the law of education under Mondo. Yeah. Jake, while I draw anthropomorphic twos and fours, would you care to introduce the next program? Yeah, um, I'm just gonna... We need to vote on getting some new people on that Board of Education, McLean, because I'm not really liking the results the uh, current the current staff is producing. When they had the petition to recall the school council, I didn't I didn't care. I just walked right past them, and here we are now. Enjoying the fruits <sighs> of your inactivity. Oh, see, kids, this, this is why uh, the, the involvement in uh, your civic life is one of the most important things that parents is, can uh, encourage their children to do. Thanks for that PSA, Mondo. Uh, the next show we have for you today, the Red Skelton Show, famous comedian of his time, and this one's dedicated to education and schools. So here it is. Oh, Red Skeleton, that funny. It's moisturized, the new, all new, Rolly 903 cigarette. Listen. That jet of fresh, pure moisture stands for the new, different, moisturized Rolly 903. New blend, new taste, new freshness. It's the new, all new, moisturized Rolly 903. Program starring Red Skelton with David Forrester and his orchestra, our singing star Anita Ellis, Gigi Pearson, Verna Felton, Pat McGeehan, Wonderful Smith, and yours truly, Rod O'Connor. <laughs>
Thank you very much, all my relatives who've gathered here this evening. We're happy to see you. 903, Rod. 903, Rod. You say, I like that tie you're wearing. Oh? Is it a Christmas present? You ought to know you forced it on me. <laughs> Just a minute, the tie I gave you is green. That one's red. I know, I haven't taken it out of the paper yet. <laughs> of the paper better than I did the tie, you know. Say, <laughs> so, did you have a good time, New Year's? So they tell me, yes. <laughs> well, how'd you like those tickets I got for you for the Rose Bowl? Oh, say, they were wonderful. They had Swiss Alpine uh, climbers for ushers over there. <laughs> I was so high up that I bought my program from the guy in the Goodyear blimp. <laughs> And a lady sits in front of me. She had on a hat. It looked like two chickens fighting in a plate of spaghetti. <laughs> getting feathers about three feet high. For a minute, I thought it was David Forrester. <laughs> Obstructed your view, huh? Yeah, I, I, I said to her, I said, look, lady, take off that hat or this community is going to have a new Jack the Snipper. <laughs> well, did she remove her hat? Huh? Did she remove her hat? My case comes up Thursday. <laughs> Here's the five dollars I bet on the game. I have. Oh, forget it, Red. I wouldn't take your money. I don't want it. No, well then let go of it. You're breaking Lincoln's neck. <laughs> See, I understand you and your gang from the California Country Club chartered a bus to go to the game. Huh? Yeah, oh, it was wonderful. Thirty-eight members sit on one side of me and forty-eight on the other side of me, right in the middle. Huh? <laughs> that felt like a club sandwich. <laughs> you know, ham between well-bred people. You know. <laughs> Well, say, Red, one of the club members told me that you did a show all the way over and all the way back on the bus. Is that right? Yeah, I tried to keep everybody from getting bored, see, so I told jokes and did all my comedy routines from vaudeville. What'd they enjoy the most? Getting off the bus. <laughs> well, I was doing my, my act, the uh, members that threw pennies at me, you well, know. Why was that? Well, they figure if Hope was on the float, they ought to have a little charity on the bus. <laughs> Tell me, Red, didn't you like the game? Well, no, I didn't. It was a shame about that poor UCLA, you know. I think they made only one mistake, though. Well, what was that? Showing up for the game. <laughs> Listen. That jet of fresh, pure moisture stands for the new, all-new, Raleigh 903 cigarette. It's moisturized to stay fresh longer. It's moisturized to taste better. It's moisturized to smoke milder. Yes, this new Raleigh 903 is moisturized by the revolutionary new 903 process. That fresh, clean, beneficial moisture penetrates every leaf, every fiber of Raleigh's choice tobaccos, brings you new mellow taste, new mildness, new freshness, it's the new, all-new Raleigh 903. And medical science offers you proof positive. No other leading cigarette gives you less nicotine, less throat-irritating tars. Smokers, smoke this new Raleigh 903. New blend, new freshness, new taste. You'll see the number 903 on the government stamp. This Raleigh 903 is new. All-new. Smoke the new, all-new Raleigh 903. <laughs> It's moisturized. And now our lovely 
Anita. Oh, by the way, congratulations, Anita, on winning the Al Jarvis Fifth Annual uh, uh, National Make Believe Ballroom Popularity Poll last night. Thank now you. Anita will sing. Uh, I see your face before me. Okay, go ahead, honey. <laughs> see your face before me, crowding my every dream. There's your face before me, you are my only thing. It doesn't matter where you are, I can see how faint. satire are about education and school. Clem had a head in which nothing would stick, neither reading, writing, nor arithmetic. The source of his trouble was a head that was double, and as a result, twice as thick. <laughs> Chapter one, Clem Cadiblehopper at school. is over. Back to school, back to school. Let's give her a dollar at 10 o'clock. Better go to school so I can learn to read this thing. Yeah, 
Next year, boy, I'm, uh, I may not be bright, but I'm always at the head of my class. Standing in the corner, of course. I hate wearing that dunce cap, though. It don't fit me very good. The point ain't long enough for my head. I can only learn to write my name, you know. That's like, but Clem is all right. I can spell that, but, uh, hopper, I wear out six to eight pencils. <laughs> Well, Sarah, do. Howdy duty to you, too. Do you want to carry my books to school for me? Oh, sure. Well, Clem, it's 1947. Did you make any resolution? Yes, I did. I made up my mind I wasn't going to breathe anymore. Clem, <laughs> <laughs> breathing. No, I gave that up last year. Breathing. You, you should have resolved to try and be smarter. So, and I'll bet you if you wanted to, you could cultivate your mind. <laughs> she ought to know better than that, huh? Cultivated? Who could I get to have it plowed under? Well, if you don't get promoted pretty soon, I ain't going to be your girl. Really? I don't want a boy who can't get out of the third grade. Oh, you don't, huh? No. Well, a man that's smart enough to get out of the third grade is too smart to be your girl. and I got a little bluing in my gray matter. You know? But, Clem, Clem, ain't you ashamed to be sitting in the third grade with all them little kids? Well, I don't know why I should be. My rompers is as nice as theirs. <laughs> Although it is kind of annoying when they pull my pigtails all the time. <laughs> well, I can stand it, though. I'm in love with my teacher, you know. Yeah. I've got a crush on her. Your teacher, why, she's old enough to be your grandmother. Yeah, and if my grandpappy had any sense, she would have been. <laughs> hey, there's old Harry Anger's storehouse over there. I think I'll sneak over and get Marilyn Reinhardt with teacher an apple. Well, an apple won't make that old grouch like you. Old grouch? Yeah. Well, I'll get her a crab apple. It's <laughs> <laughs> too fast for her. She didn't get it. <laughs> Oh, boy, I'm hotter tonight than a $2 smudge pot. Hey, you better not go into Harry Anger's storehouse. You'll take a shot at you. Well, I don't care. I'm wearing my bulletproof vest. Oh, Clem, are you all right? Yes, but I sure wish this vest had a shirt tail on it. I do declare, Clem, you're the number one moron. Well, thank you. And I hope Mortimer Snurd heard that. He's been getting a little too cocky lately. You know. That's because he's smarter than you. Mortimer Snurd smarter than... <laughs> How come he calls me professor then? Oh, Clint. Good humor? No, no, that's cold then. Come on, let's hurry. We're going to be late. Come on, let's run. Okay. Oh, darn. I got out on the wrong side of bed this morning and screwed my feet on backwards. <laughs> look, 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 you go ahead, Sarah. Do I don't want to go to school. I didn't do my homework last night. Well, what were you supposed to do? Well, everybody in the class was supposed to write an essay about their ambition, and my ambition is to be a great scientist. Well, why didn't you write it? I couldn't figure out a way to get the top off of the inkwell. LAUGHTER 
I don't care. Whenever I do get to school on time, nobody else shows up. When have you ever been on time? Every Saturday. <laughs> but there's no school on Saturday, Clem. There ain't? No. <laughs> Boy, it didn't take them Republicans long to change things around. <laughs> you just don't want to go to school today because you know you're not going to get promoted. Oh, oh, you don't think I will. I'll bet you my frog sticker I will. Yeah. All right, children, hurry up. A Vassar girl. <laughs> Don't stand there, you hear her. Good a.m., teacher. Clem, put that cigarette out. It's a rolling. Oh, well, that's different. Yeah. <laughs> Clem, you're just the boy I'm looking for. Yeah. Would you clean the blackboard? Well, Here's a bucket and a rag. Thanks uh, a lot. Uh, didn't have much choice, did I? <laughs> I often wondered what happened to them wax sergeants. No, I know. Well, they just clean this thing off. Boy, it's quite a job, though. Oh, fiddlesticks. I give up. I give up. What's wrong, Clay? Oh, that blackboard. I just can't get it clean. The more I wash it, the blacker it gets. Oh, sit down. How did you ever get out of the kindergarten? Well, one of the kids I started with wound up teaching, and they let me out, you know. Boys and girls. Good humor. Boys and girls, I know you're anxious to get your mid-semester promotion card so yes. you can move on to your new classes. Mm -hmm. Sarah, do hop and fetch it? Uh, yes, teacher. Your card, and congratulations. Oh, gee, a double promotion. Yeah, one for each head. Clem <laughs> Kitty Hopper? Yes, ma'am. Your card, and congratulations. Well, I'll be. Well, you know... This is the happiest day of my life. Not only do I win my bet from Sarah Dew, but I won't have to sit in this old third grade for the rest of the term. I'm kind of proud of myself. Oh, Clem. Clem, I'm so happy. Yep. After four years, you got out of the third grade. Yep, they're putting me back in the session. <laughs> Listen. That jet of fresh, pure moisture stands for the new, all-new, Rolly 903 cigarette. It's moisturized to stay fresh longer. It's moisturized to taste better. It's moisturized to smoke milder. Yes, this new moisturized Rolly 903 is unlike any Rolly cigarette you've ever smoked before. It's new. All new. New blend, new freshness, new taste. And remember, medical science offers proof positive. According to tests certified by a jury of 14 doctors, no other leading cigarette gives you less nicotine, less throat-irritating tars. The new Rolly 903 is moisturized by the revolutionary new 903 process. That fresh, clean, beneficial moisture penetrates every leaf, every fiber of Rolly's choice tobaccos, brings you new mellow taste, New mildness, new freshness. Smoke the new, all new, Raleigh 903. It's moisturized. And now for our amigos in Mexico who call me Chiquito Hombre Skeleton. Skeleton, rather. <laughs> David Forrester and his Raleigh Cigarette Orchestra play Chuchita. Hey, Susita, rather. <laughs> From the gay Caballero. <laughs> 
Chapter 3, Never Too Young to Line. Junior got tired of nothing but play, so off to school he skipped one day. Inside his lunchbox he hid some large rocks. If you want to donate new windows, you may. <laughs> Atomic yearling at home. Oh, darling, is that my sweet little angel? Heaven's little bundle of joy. Excuse me, ma'am, I'm in the wrong house. Oh, here you are. Come here, Junior. It's time for your... Good heavens, where did you get that bloody nose and that black eye? We were playing football and I was UCLA. <laughs> Fighting again. No. Did you run into that little bully down the street? No, I didn't run into a little bully. Jesse Fist is all. Jesse. You know, I think them Wheaties you've been feeding me backfired on me. Now get yourself upstairs. No, okay. Oh, wait, Junior. Hmm? What are you doing with those books under your arm? I'm teaching myself how to read. Oh, that's impossible. Oh, you think so? Huh? You want to hear me read? Yes. Right, now, what? Right. Right. The man of and ye it and. Of course, there's some words in between there. I hadn't figured out what to mean. Well, it's nice of you to try to learn. Yeah, it's such nice books to read from, too. Let me see those books. Yeah. How to Mix Drinks. <laughs> Yearly Racing for Junior! How many times have I told you to stay out of your grandfather's library? Well, then, you how about let me go to school? Huh? You wouldn't know what to do in school. Yes, I would. First thing you do is you take your teacher a nice, big, juicy apple. Then you? what? And then you let her have it right in the mic. <laughs> can I go to school? Honey, you can go to school when you're a little older. Well, now, I'm going to go to school now. I'm going to You go... come back here. Here, here. Go, man. You're breaking me off. No, no, no. Let go, let go. You're pulling out of the socket. You're pulling out of Oh, he wants to go to school. When you get older, you can go. No, you let me go to school now, or I'm going to tell. You tell what? I will tell everybody that you is a bookie on the side. Why, Junior, I'm no such thing. Oh, no? Hey, Queenie, two bucks on triplicate. Okay, bud. Win, place, or show. <laughs> I'm warning you. You'd better behave. No. <laughs> Maybe if you went to kindergarten. Uh, you mean with a lot of little boys and girls? Yes. Go, where they sing and play? Yes. Ring around the rosy? Yes. And string beads and draw pictures on your blackboard? Yes. Wouldn't waste me spitballs on them. <laughs> Maybe if I talk to the principal, Clarence Stout, he'd overlook your age and let huh? you visit the kindergarten today. Uh, kindergarten? No. <laughs> he said kindergarten. Do you want to go to school with me? <laughs> I'm going to let you visit the kindergarten oh, today. You want me to spoil it for the rest of them, huh? No. Well, I'm not going. But just a minute ago, you said you wanted to go to school. Yes, cool, yes, but not kindergarten. Oh. Kindergarten's for the little babies, you know. I'm more interested in the girls about seven or eight. You know. <laughs> Junior, do you think you're ready for real school? Well, the real question is, is they ready for me? <laughs> You've no school supplies. Sure I have. You've got me slingshot, me tacks, me spitballs, and me shillelagh. 
What about your books? I'll throw them when I run out of the other ammunition. <laughs> Come on, I'll take you to school. Oh, good. You're going to school. You're going to school. I'm going to school. Don't run into the street. Right. You might get hit by a car, and no. then traffic would be held up. Yes. Yeah, just... <laughs> you love me, don't you? Huh? Here, Grandma. Here, here. Let me open the schoolhouse door for you. Oh, boy, don't you be big in these halls, John. Judith, be quiet. The students are studying. Well, they might as well get used to me now, you know. Hey, Grandma, look, there's a broken statue. Look at that. <gasps> boy, what a fight that must have been. Look, nothing left with the head. Look. Oh, that's George Washington. It's a bust. It sure is, boy. <laughs> and remember, it was busted before I got here. <laughs> Hey, hey, look, 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 look at the kids in there studying. Oh, a whole room of them. Look at them, all asleep. Look at them. <laughs> hey, there's one kid over there. Look, he's reading a book, U.S. History. On the outside, it says. On the inside, it says Flash Gordon. <laughs> I don't think it's going to take me very long to catch on around here, you know? Here's the principal's office. Oh. Go through that door, Junior. Oh. Junior! Well, you said go through the door. <laughs> Now she tells me. What happened? Hmm? Oh, oh, Vernon Junior. Hello, hello, hello. Ah, shut up. <laughs> this guy's in a rut, you know. Hey, uh, quiz kid, uh, are you an absent-minded professor? Why, no, Junior. You know. Uh, no. Uh, what makes you say that? Well, you're writing with a cigarette and you're smoking a fountain pen. You know, I wondered why when I blew a smoke ring, I had to blot it. Mm. Here. Well, what can I do for you, Junior? Well, I want to go to school. Who hires the kids around here? Oh. I want to get hired. You want to go to school? Yes, I'd like uh, to, if I could. Uh, Verna. Yes. We teachers, uh, we teachers don't get much money. Of course, we are hoping for a raise, but not that kind of money. Well, I wasn't very too much trouble. Now, look, Skinny, me head is burning for learning. Sign me up, will you? <laughs> why, why? Was that uh, your line? Oh, did I read your line? Oh, no, no, no. No, do you really think that you're smart enough to go to school? Sure, right, smart. You Ask do. me a question. Well, make it a good one, make it a good well, one. Well, all right, now, let me make think it a good one. Yes, good uh, what is two times two? That is a good one, isn't it? Now, ask me another one. Ask me another one. You haven't answered that Oh, one. yes. yes see, now, um, two times two. Two now. times two. Yes. Well, I don't claim to be a genius, you know. Oh, 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 oh. You see, you don't even know what two times two is. Yes, I do. Two times two is 903. Junior, do you expect me to accept that answer? If you're smart, yes. <laughs> It's better when I don't read what's here, you know. <laughs> Mr. Stout, I thought maybe if you let him sit in class with the children for a while, yes. he might stop being so destructive. Well, Werner, that might be a good idea, but if he sits with the children, yes. the question is, who will influence whom? Who will influence whom? Yes. Well, that's easy. Uh, just tell me which is who or whom. <laughs> Junior, I really either think you're too little. I... E either or either. This or that. Hit him on the head with a pussycat. <laughs> What's your name? Put and name. Ask me again, I'll tell you the same. Junior! <laughs> the man is talking. Yeah? Do you see what I mean, Mr. Stout? Yes, I certainly do, yes. 
But I'm sure that a day in our school would do him a world of good. And what's more, Verna, uh, uh, where did the boy go? Oh, Junior! Junior! The door is open. Come on, let's look in the hall. Okay. Oh! Look at the writing on all those walls. Junior was here. <laughs> oh, goodness, mercy. Oh, here he comes with one of the teachers, yes, yes. Madam, I must say this child has great imagination. He came into my chemistry class and wanted to know if there was a way to mix uranium with bubble gum. He wanted to make it worthwhile when it popped. <laughs> Why did you go to the chemistry class, Junior? I don't know. I just do it. Oh, it sure was interesting in there. All the little students was pouring things out of one bottle into another bottle. Some of them smoking, some of them drinking, some of them fizzing, bubble all over the place. In oh, there. he wasn't any bother. No, oh. bother at all. What's the matter, Grandma? Are you mad at me? <laughs> no, dear. I must be getting old and cranky. I was all set to punish you. I was so positive you were being bad. Oh? And all the time you were being a good, sweet boy. Oh? And behaving like a little gentleman. Will you forgive me, dear? Well, if you'll, um, if you'll do something for me. What is it, dear? <laughs> Overlook that. Remember, we'll all be back in the next visit at the same time. Red Skelton, David Forster, and his orchestra, Anita Alice, Werner Felton, G.G. Pearson, Pat McGee, and Wonderful Smith, and yours truly, Rod O'Connor. Until next Tuesday, then, this is Red Skelton saying goodbye now. Thanks for listening, and thanks for buying Raleigh. Sir Walter Raleigh, the pipe tobacco that rates superior on all counts. Check them. A rich, ripe, full-bodied, burly blend. Sir Walter Raleigh, pipe tobacco. Mellowed with rum for extra smoothness. Deep down, satisfying goodness. That's Sir Walter Raleigh pipe tobacco. Clean smoking all the way down. No soggy heel. Leaves only a clean, dry egg. And that's Sir Walter Raleigh pipe tobacco. All right, that was the Red Skelton Show. I am currently knee deep in paper clips. Monday, why am I knee deep in paper clips? Because the, the third part of the written portion of the exam requires you to make a very long paper clip chain. Yes, all right. And why, what does this have to do with the standardized testing for high school students? <laughs> no, nothing, me, me just like paperclip chains. Right, where'd you say you worked before this? Oh, at the circus. Me was one of, me was one of the guys who stood outside the circus tent and, and took the people who weren't paying and, and chucked them over the fence. It was, it was pretty fun. Yeah. Jake, I'm working right. on a theory. Okay. Yeah. My theory is... I don't think Mondo's a very good proctor. <laughs> if me knew what that meant, me would probably be quite offended, and you would be getting chucked over a fence. Moving right along. Okay. McLean, you want to introduce this episode of Our Miss Brooks? You just did, Jake. This is Our Miss Brooks' Cow in the Closet. Now it's Our Miss Brooks starring Eve Arden. Most female teachers at Madison High School think of Mr. Boynton, the bashful biologist, as an extremely handsome, virile, irresistible individual. But our Miss Brooks, who teaches English there, can take him with a grain of salt. In fact, I could take him with a whole spoonful. <laughs> but why waste salt on a fellow who's too shy to toss in a little pepper now and then? 
Last Friday at breakfast, I foolishly provoked a discussion of the matter with my landlady. Honestly, Mrs. Davis, he's more attentive to his animals. Why, yesterday he hardly noticed me because he took his dog to school for the day. It doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. What can a dog learn in one measly day? (laughs) Serves me right for mentioning it. May I have some toast, please? Here you are, dear. It's like I've always said. If dogs could learn things as quickly as cats, this would be a much better world to live in. (laughs) For whom? No, I'm serious. Take our cat Minerva. For the past week, I've been teaching her mathematics, and she's become a whiz at it. Mathematics? Just you wait and see. Minerva! (laughs) Tell me quickly now, how much is two and two? Ah, that's a good girl. (laughs) Well, I'll gather up the dishes Uh, now. Just a minute. Two and two equals meow? Certainly. There are four letters in meow, aren't there? (laughs) That's her way of telling me that the answer is four. Two meows equal eight. Three meows equal twelve, and so on. Oh, it's funny, though. She isn't so hot on the odd numbers. Look, Mrs. Davis, I started this conversational maze with the simple statement that Mr. Boynton brought his dog to school yesterday. Well, Connie, then it's simple. What's simple? You should do something to show Mr. Boynton how much you love animals. Like what? Well, why don't you take Minerva to school with you today? Oh, let's not be ridiculous, Mrs. Davis. I couldn't possibly take Minerva to... Well, come to think of it, Mr. Boynton is extremely fond of cats. It might make a hit at that. Do you think she'd behave herself in my classroom? Of course she would. She can stretch out on the seat cushion I ordered for your classroom. Seat cushion? You mentioned how trying it is, sitting on that hard chair all day. Still, I thought I'd surprise you. Oh, that's very sweet of you, Mrs. Davis. Don't mention it. I mailed a letter last night telling the store where to send it, along with another note to the place where I ordered Victor's gift. Your brother Victor? Yes. He's every bit as fond of animals as Mr. Boynton is. That's why I bought one for him yesterday. Oh, that's nice, Mrs. Davis. What did you get him? A cow. (laughs) A cow? Yes. It's a female. Those are the best kind. Why on earth did you... just moved into a little farmhouse on the edge of town, Connie. It's only a 15-minute drive from here. By and by, he'll be adding more livestock, of course. But right now, with just the one cow, I figured he'd have his hands full. He plays his cards right. (laughs) Well, I'd better dash off to school, Mrs. Davis. I'll have to use all my powers of persuasion to get Mr. Conklin's permission to take Minerva into class with me. All right, dear. Just put Minerva into this valise I bought for her at the pet shop. It's a cat carrier. You might leave the lid open for her, though. Oh, that won't be necessary. There are holes in the side through which she can breathe. In you go, Minerva. Here, I'll give you a hand. Yeah. Oh, that's what I like about Minerva. She's so polite. Whenever you help her out, she always says four. <laughs> You 
may be principal of this school, Osgood Conklin, but as long as I am head of the Board of Education, you will take orders from me. Is that clear? Uh, quite clear, Mr. Stone. Crystal clear. Couldn't be clearer. You are also... Silence! <laughs> Lips are sealed. Why, when I saw that dog running loose outside the biology lab yesterday, I was shocked beyond words. You know that animals aren't allowed on school property, Osgood. How did it get in here? Answer me. Well, I haven't the slightest idea, sir. Well, let's make certain that no dogs invade this school today. First, you will make an early inspection tour of all classrooms. Then I want you to post a guard at the front door throughout the day. But, sir, why commission someone to do a job for which I myself am ideally suited? I'll keep a weather eye open, sir. You may be sure no animal will get past me. Come in. Good morning, Mr. Conklin. Oh, hello, Mr. Stone. Good morning, Miss Brooks. Are you, uh, going somewhere? Going some... Oh, this is the lease. Uh, if I may ask your permission, Mr. Conklin. Permission for what? Well, you'll see as soon as I open the bag. It'll just take me a minute. Excuse me, Mr. Stone. Go right ahead. Glad you dropped in, Miss Brooks. Perhaps you can shed some light on the identity of the culprit who dared to bring an animal into this school yesterday. <laughs> an animal, Mr. Stone? Specifically, a dog. When I saw it romping around outside the biology lab, I came in here to report the incident to Mr. Conklin. When I returned to the spot, it had vanished. Good. Some of those spots stay on forever. (laughs) I'm afraid I can't be of much help to you, Mr. Stone. You see, mine is an English class, and I'm not one of those who is... who are, I should say, in the habit of hanging around other lads. The labs of others, I mean, so I couldn't really shed any light on the identity of which the dog belonged to who. (laughs) Who? And exactly how long have you had this English class, Miss Brooks? You bet. (laughs) Well, please forgive my faulty syntax, Mr. Stone. The thought of a beast on the premises has frazzled my nerves a bit. Well, goodbye now. One moment. You were going to open that bag, remember? Bag? What bag? Oh, the bag. Oh, well, you really wouldn't want to look at what's in this bag, sir. It's nothing but... (laughs) What was that? I said I'll run along now and meow. (laughs) Meow, that's a new expression some of the kids use. It's real cool, I think. (laughs) Meow. (laughs) Instead of saying goodbye, they say meow. Meow. Silly, isn't it? (laughs) Sometimes I stretch it out with a little western draw. Well, meow now, Mr. Stone. Meow, Mr. Conklin. Meow. Meow. Now, that was mighty peculiar behavior. She galloped out of here like a frightened antelope. Yes, and it's my guess that right now she and her western drawl are loping over to the old bunkhouse in Mr. Boynton's lab. Oh, hello there, Miss Brooks. Howdy. Please sit down, Mr. Boynton. We've got a little palavering to do. Can it wait, Miss Brooks? I was just on my way to the cloakroom to feed Geraldine. Geraldine? You know, my dog. She's a boxer. And if Mr. Conklin drops in, she'd better come out fighting. (laughs) That's what I came to warn you about. Warn me? Yes, he's on an anti-animal kick. Mr. Stone happened to see Geraldine in the hall yesterday, and he was furious. 
Luckily, he doesn't know who her owner is yet. Gosh, I guess I should have asked Mr. Conklin's permission. Oh, but there's little chance of my dog being discovered in here, Miss Brooks. Mr. Stone rarely comes into my lab. The same goes for Mr. Conklin. Oh, well, then maybe my cat can hide out here for the day. Your cat? Yeah, I'll let her out of the bag. I certainly wouldn't want Mr. Conklin to find out I'm a cat rustler. Out you come, Minerva. You won't mind taking care of her for me, will you, Mr. Boynton? Oh, not at all. Come here, baby. All righty. <laughs> oh, you mean her. <laughs> I'm, I'm crazy about cats, Miss Brooks. Why, the minute I see one, I can't resist nestling it in my arms and stroking its little head. Meow. <laughs> Mrs. Davis ordered a seat cushion sent to my class today, Miss Boynton. I'll bring it over so that Minerva can stretch out in comfort. Oh, that'll be dandy. I saw Mrs. Davis at the movies last night, and she told me about her brother Victor's farmhouse and that she's buying him a cow. I just love cows, don't you? Madly. <laughs> oh, I love all animals, Mr. Boynton. You know... Sometimes I get to thinking about my childhood days on Dad's farm, Miss Brooks. Oh, I miss those days a lot. I hope Victor asks me out to his farm someday. We can both go out someday. Some night, I mean. Some night when Victor isn't home. We can stroll in the meadow, hand in hand, with the moonlight pouring down. Uh, that sounds pretty thrilling, Miss Brooks. And uh, if you're with me and, uh, and it's a very nice evening... You think it'd be all right to... Well... Yes, Mr. Biden? Well, do you think Victor would let me milk his cow? <laughs> we can both milk her. You take the left side, and I'll take the right side, and I'll be homogenized before you. <laughs> oh, great. Speaking of milk has evidently whipped up Minerva's appetite. Steady, Minerva. Mr. Conklin. Yipe. At ease. I hope you'll forgive this intrusion, Boynton. I just dropped into... Oh, hello, little pussycat. <laughs> I say I just dropped in to make certain there are no dogs in here. Not that I suspect you, Boynton, but I just thought I'd take a look around. Well, I don't see any dogs on the premises. No dogs at all. Sorry to trouble you. I'll just run along now and... Hello, little pussycat! <laughs> Let's all play charades. <laughs> I mean, there's still a few minutes before first class, so just for kicks. That let's... will do. Out with it now. To whom does this cat belong? Cat? What cat? Oh, the pussy cat. It's quite a pussy cat, isn't it? Silky. It's a girl cat, no doubt. <laughs> Mr. Boynton and I hadn't noticed her. Oh, that's right. She must have strayed in, sir. Nonsense. Miss Brooks, I'm beginning to understand those phantom meows I heard in my office. Now then. What are I... you doing to the cat's collar, Mr. Conklin? I'm removing it, Miss Brooks. It'll be an easy matter to determine the person who owns her by simply checking the number on this license tag. That person, needless to say, is a dead duck. Having heard nothing from Mr. Conklin during my morning classes... I presumed that he had not as yet traced the number on Minerva's license tag. As I left my classroom for lunch, however, 
The figure of a sentry, armed with a BB rifle, loomed up before me. Hope! Step forward and be recognized. It's me, Mr. Conklin. Oh, step back and be unrecognized. Aye, aye, sir. And so, having been honorably discharged, I hiked down to the school cafeteria and ordered chow. It was then that Walter Denton beckoned me to his table. Over here, Miss Brooks. Wilt thou not visit me? The plant beside me feels thy gentle dew, and every blade of grass I see from thy deep earth, its quickening moisture drew. <laughs> I ordered meatballs. What have you got? <laughs> the same. I guess you didn't care for that bit of poetry I quoted, huh, Miss Brooks? You guessed right, Walter. Well, uh, how do you like this one? You'd never have let the cat from the bag if you knew Mr. Conklin would grab her tag. <laughs> You're either psychic or a sneak. How'd you find out I'm up the creek? <laughs> oh, that's a very provocative question, Miss Brooks. You will recall that shortly before first class this morning, our beloved principal invaded Mr. Boynton's lab and trapped you dead to rights with your furry friend. With two furry friends, Mr. Boynton lost his razor. Yeah. <laughs> well, at that time, I happened to be standing in the hall just outside the lab, and presently I heard excitement-laden voices wafted through the transom. And now, uh, that was a moment of great decision for me, Miss Brooks. I could have either hewed to the path of dishonor by remaining in the hall and eavesdropping, or I could have taken the glorious avenue of decency by closing my ears and leaving the scene. Well... Yeah, I took the dirty road out. <laughs> For shame. But you still don't know all the details, Walter. Oh, no contraire, Miss Brooks. I was about to say that some minutes later, I confronted Mr. Boynton with the juicy morsels I had overheard, informed him that I should like to be acquainted with all the facts, and requested that he sing. And he sang? Ezio Pinza would have envied him. <laughs> well, this is no laughing matter, Walter. When Mr. Conklin traces Minerva's license tag... Well, he I'm didn't have to... time to trace it this morning, Miss Brooks, and it's too late now. Uh, here is a little gift as a token of my esteem. Walter, it's the tag. How did you get it? Like I said, Miss Brooks, I'm pretty perfidious at times. When Mr. Conklin left his office for a few moments, I sneaked in, made off with the tag, and ever since then he's been flipping his lid wondering what happened to it. But that's stealing. That's a dreadful thing to do, Walter, and thanks a million. <laughs> you know, you're entirely welcome. The only one thing worries me, Miss Brooks. Since Mr. Conklin can't establish ownership, he'll probably confiscate your cat and send her to the pound. Oh, no. We can't let that happen to Minerva. Somehow, we've got to spring her. I have an idea, Walter. You've got to sneak her out of the biology lab through the window and then take her to Mrs. Davis's brother's farmhouse. It's only a 15-minute drive from here, so you can report back to me in my classroom before the end of lunch period. Uh, check. I know a shortcut to the farmhouse, Miss Brooks. I helped Victor move some furniture in day before yesterday. Walter promised to sneak Minerva out of school to Victor's farm. The only problem remaining was what to do about Mr. Boynton's dogs. In my classroom shortly after noon, I told Mr. Boynton what Walter had done. Well, I doubt that he'll get back here before the end of lunch period, Miss Brooks. It's almost one o'clock now. 
Excuse me, Mr. Boynton. I want to steal a little peek into the hallway. Hmm, no sentry. Mr. Conklin apparently ducked out for a bite. Now's your chance to get rid of your dog. Oh, I've already taken care of that. I simply lowered Geraldine out the window and told her to go home. She'll be lying on the doorstep waiting for me after school, Miss Brooks. Uh, you see, she's been trained. No matter where she is, she knows how to get to my apartment house. So do I, but what good does it do? <laughs> Hiya, folks. I got your cat to the farm okay, Miss Brooks. Nice work, Walter. Did you turn her over to Mrs. Davis? Uh, not exactly. She was out shopping when I got there, but I left Minerva with her brother, Victor, as soon as he got through with the delivery man. Delivery man? Yeah. Some guy was delivering a seat cushion. What? But that cushion was supposed to be delivered to my classroom. Good old absent-minded Mrs. Davis. Miss Brooks? Yes? A sign here. For what? For this. <laughs> oh, no. Wait a minute, mister. This is a cow. You got good eyes, lady. We'll give you the bucket free. <laughs> Gosh, a real cow. Oh, I haven't milked a cow in 14 years. Hand me that bucket, Walter. Oh, no, you don't. This is no time to improve your handshake. <laughs> uh, listen, mister, my landlady evidently got confused. There's been a dreadful mistake, but you'll simply have to take back this cow. Oh, I'm sorry, lady. That'll take a separate order, and our company's jammed up for the day. Give them a call, though. Maybe we can take her tomorrow. Well, you've got to be reasonable. You can't leave a cow here overnight. This is a public school under the supervision of the federal government. Let's keep politics out of this. I'll <laughs> be going now. So long, lady. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I just caught a glimpse of Mr. Conklin and his daughter Harriet coming up the school steps. What'll we do? <laughs> Mr. Boynton, cut that out. <laughs> Sorry, I lost my head. Now look in the bucket. <laughs> Fine, Harriet. I'll be right here on sentry duty. No silly cat or dog is going to get past me today. Boy, you sure going to get a surprise from some silly cow. <laughs> Not if I can help it. Quick, close the door. Now, listen carefully, Walter. I want you to stay here with the cow and see that absolutely no one enters this classroom. Then after school's over, when the sentry leaves, we can escape with the cow. Okay, Miss Brooks, you can depend on me. Now, what can I do to help, Miss Brooks? Just hand me that valise. The other one! Uh, steady, girl, steady. You're in good hands. Uh, ten after three, Walter. As soon as Miss Brooks gets back, we can... Who goes there? A friend. I'm unarmed. Yeah. Wait till I pull the chair away from the door. <sighs> Hi, Miss Brooks. See anybody in the hall? Just Harriet Conklin. She was on her way to a dramatics club meeting. I saw Mr. Conklin getting into his car, so now's our chance to make the break. You men bring up the rear. <laughs> we girls will lead the way. <laughs> Come along, bossy. Now, keep your eyes peeled, Walter. You too, Mr. Boynton. If you see anybody... Yeah, holy smoke! Quick, push her in here. I'll open the door. Quick, pull her. No time to explain. In you go, boss. You want in, 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 in. All right, Walter. Now, would you mind explaining what we and the strange cow are doing in Mr. Conklin's office? Well, I just saw Harriet Conklin coming down the stairs. Oh, but we're safe in here. She never comes into Mr. Conklin's office when he isn't around. Oh, quick thinking, Walter. <sighs> Hi, Daddy. I thought you'd gone home. 
I forgot something in my office, Harriet. Oops, he's around. <laughs> down. What on earth is going on in there? Well, I'll soon find out. Back the cow into the closet. Hurry. Come on, Bossy. Back. Back. Come on, Ingo. Back. All right. Catch it. Catch it. Well, now she'll only stay quiet until Mr. Conklin. Over Miami. <laughs> Uh, Miss Brooks, Boynton, Denton, what are you doing here? Uh, well, sir, we were just... Moon of Monacura. <laughs> I demand to know what you are doing in my office. Well, sir, we were just... Is the song fest over now? No, not quite, Mr. Conklin. Somehow I feel more coming on. I'm in the mood of love simply because you're... Oh, shut up! You all sound like a herd of sick cattle. For the last time, what are you doing here? Well, sir, we just dropped in to say goodbye on our way home. I left here five minutes ago, but I forgot my hat. I'll get it out of the closet, and we can all go together. What an awful way to go. <laughs> oh, surely you don't need a hat on such a lovely day, sir. Why not skip the closet? Step aside, Miss Brooks. Yes, sir. Pardon me, please. Take it easy. Take it easy. Take it easy. I just want to get my hat. Seems to be on the floor. I can just reach it. I've got it now. Oh, I am sorry. Now, now I've got it. Now I can... Hmm. Pardon me again, please. Uh, will one of you kindly tell me that I didn't see what I just saw in that closet? You've had a rough day on sentry duty, sir. Overwork very often causes one's mind to play tricks that are... Oh, yes. Yes, of course. It's absurd. I'm convinced the whole thing was a mirage, notwithstanding the indisputable fact that my hat here, as you can plainly see, is half filled with cream. <laughs> Just to reassure myself, however, I'd like to take another look in the closet. This time you will follow me, Miss Brooks. Oh, it's rather late, Mr. Conklin. Let's do it in the morning. You'll follow me now, Miss Brooks. And I do mean now. Yes, sir. Holy cow! And you do mean cow. All Mr. 
Brooks, starring Eve Arden, Frank Clark, and the directed by Larry Byrne. This is by Joe Quillen and Al Lewis, with the music of Lud Luster. Mr. Conklin was played by Gail Gordon. All right, you were just listening to Armis Brooks, and um, I thought the test was over when I got to the end of the test and answered the last question on the test, and then Mondo handed me the second packet of test papers. Mondo, how many packets? Uh, how many packets are we going through? <laughs> Forty-seven. Each one longer than the last. Me hit a, Okay, so me was writing the test up last night, and around about three in the morning, me hit a me hit a burst of inspiration as to what to put in there. Mother, I don't think writing tests is like writing a novel. I don't, I don't think that's a... Oh, but, but, but you love the character me introduced in, in, in packet 28 of the test. His name is Jasper. He's, he's a little quirky, but he, he really spices up, spices up the story. We are so far off the rails, it's not even funny. I'm currently on packet 23, and the entire thing is blank. What exactly am I supposed to do? Oh, that's the uh, meditation part of the test. It's a, it's a chance to really practice some deep breathing exercises. How uh, how will you know that I've passed the, this part of the test? Oh, me won't know, but you will know. And isn't that half the battle? Huh, well that is the most superficial thing I've ever heard. Our final show today is uh, Milton Burrow, who's doing a salute to education. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. Uh... McLean, you gonna start uh, meditating there? I've already started, my friend. Your Texaco dealer, the best friend your car ever had, presents the Milton Berle Show. Starring Milton Berle, with Arnold Stang, Bert Helton, Jack Albertson, Al Kelly, Charlie Irving, Jacqueline Suzanne, our new singing star, Kay Armand, Alan Roth and his orchestra, and yours truly, Frank Gallup. Ladies and gentlemen, good ad living. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we salute education. This week, schools open and will not close until June. Right. This is the week Milton Berle's mouth opens and will not close until June. <laughs> And here he is, if you will pardon the expression, Milton Berle. Thank you. Thank you. Take down the applause sign. Thank you. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Gee, gee, it's, it's great to be back on the air, especially for my wonderful new sponsor, Texaco. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really getting ahead. I really mean that. Last year I was on for cigarettes. This year I'm on for gasoline. Who knows? Next year may be for money. <laughs> I want to tell you, that Texaco gas does wonders for an automobile. Last night in New Jersey, look what it did for an old Sir Dan. <laughs> that joke is for sale, if anybody... <laughs> that joke is for sale. <laughs> oh, Milty, how can one man be so funny and still have to work for scale? <laughs> My contract... Well... What was that? This is a funny time to be a little bit cold here. <laughs> oh, it's, it's you, Mr. Gallup. Gee, Mr. Gallup. Frank Gallup, ladies and gentlemen. Frank Gallup. Gee, Mr. Gallup, you big symphony commentator, back on the program with Milton Berle. Revolting, isn't it? Now, look, Mr. Gallup, I'm serious this year. I'm on two shows for Texaco, radio and television. <laughs> 
I'm selling gas. You should be taking it. <laughs> now, listen here, needle nose. Quiet, peasant. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Mr. Gallup, sir. Gee, it's starting in again. Oh, I wish I had some nice, dirty names to throw back at him. But I haven't heard any good ones lately. The truck drivers are on strike. <laughs> but that truck driver strike has a bright side, though. It's nice to have my mother home for a change. <laughs> really, I want to tell you this... So, uh, you're in television now, Burl. What'd you say, Miss Gallup? You're in television now. Yes, I am. What a break for radio. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't you... Don't you get the magnitude of television? Think, man, think... Every week, thousands of people just turn on a switch, and my face is in their living room. You know what that means? Yes, crowded kitchens. <laughs> crowded kitchen. They're clever. Ladies and gentlemen, I must tell you, the FCC makes us give Mr. Gallup a joke every now and then on this program. Otherwise, it becomes a lottery. <laughs> you... <laughs> I mean that. You know, you can josh, Mr. Gallup, but I, I, I am a hit in television. I really am. Now, you people here in the audience in our Texaco Star Theater, you probably saw me on television last night, or don't you drink? <laughs> Bartenders. Bartenders are really crazy about me. You see, when other television programs are on, nobody drinks. They just watch. But when I'm on the screen, all you can hear guys saying, Quick, another drink. <laughs> I can still see him. Give me another drink. But enough about wonderful me. <laughs> I, 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 I want to tell you, Mr. Gallup, I just noticed something. I'm getting away from what I'm thinking tonight, but your complexion. Your complexion. What did you do? Spend the summer under a rock or something? <laughs> I mean, last winter your face looked pretty waxy, but now it looks like the top of Jolson's birthday cake. Really, I'm not kidding. If you're quite through with your Maury Amsterdamish jokes, <laughs> may I inform you that I had a rollicking summer with my friends of the music world. You did, eh? Yes, oh, I was yes. up at Camp Beethoven. Camp Beethoven? Camp Beethoven. It's in the Shostakovich Mountains on Lake Kachaturian. Hmm. Kachaturian? No, but I caught a trout that long. Oh, 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 oh I do declare that was a humdinger. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that, that was jazzy, wasn't it, huh? <laughs> Gee, Mr. Gallup, I want to tell you, you, you seem so animated tonight, you must have got up on the right side of your slab this morning. <laughs> well, let's stop kidding around. On with the show tonight as we salute... Education. Education. Today, students are turning away from education. Universities have failed in teaching them the one thing that will provide them a home, comfort, and financial security. And that one thing is... The name of the mystery tomb. <laughs> the keynote of modern education is progress. Today, medical students spend four years learning what they used to find out in one night at Minsky's. <laughs> in the last ten years, women's colleges have gained stature so rapidly that today many of them contemplate having football teams. We take you now to the Yale Bowl, where the girls of Martha Washington U are playing Yale. Coach Mildred Burl is giving a pep talk to her girls in the dressing room between the halves. Girls? Uh, girls? Now tighten your foundations. We've got to pull ourselves together. Of all the sloppy football playing, when Yale goes into a huddle, I don't want all you girls in there with them. Remember our agreement? <laughs> One at a time. 
Now, Edna. Yes, Coach? Edna, may I tell you? May I tell you? That that was the wonderful tackle you made on the opening play of the game. Oh, you, you, you. The way you leaped at that Yale man, you threw your arms around his neck and pulled him down. Thanks, Coach. But you could let him up before the half ended. Let him up before the half ended. Oh, that's clever. And, uh, Agnes, this, this half, carry your lipstick and let's smear them. Get it? Yes, Coach. And, and Susie, you just have to stop holding up the game every time your mascara runs. You understand? Yes, Coach. <laughs> Susie? What, Coach? Mmm. Nothing. <laughs> now, Edna, on the first play, I want you to run around Mabel's end. No, no. No, stop. I'm sorry. Make it Sally. Shorter trip. <laughs> oh, you got that, Edna? Yes, Coach. And Agnes, when you're carrying the ball, don't carry it in your snood. <laughs> Comprehend? Yes, Coach. And Susie, just because we're using the T formation doesn't mean that you should run out on the field with a piece of lemon. Get it? Yes, Coach. Hmm. <laughs> All right, girls. Now, remember our big play. Oh, Edna. Yes, Coach. You're taking their right guard to the left. And Agnes? Coach? You're taking that fullback to the right. And Susie? Yes, Coach. You're taking me to the dance tonight. <laughs> All right, girls, get out there and scratch their eyes out, girls. Scratch their eyes out. Hey, hold it. Don't applaud. Don't, it attracts talent scouts. <laughs> and now, uh, oh, Mr. Gallup. Mr. Gallup, I, I guess everybody has romantic memories of their college days. When arm in arm with that one and only girl, he's sang down the old hot road. Though you'll never find out where it is by looking at maps, with a little investigation, you will find out perhaps. Thank you, Levant. <laughs> ah, Cynthia. Cynthia, precious memories of Cynthia. I'll never forget you on the old ox road. You were the biggest ox on the road. <laughs> ah, but you were a brilliant student, Cynthia, and why not? Two heads are better than one. <laughs> but it was your two heads that made you so mysterious, Cynthia. I can never tell which head had the Tony. <laughs> Another joke for Zales. But it was... <laughs> but it was your natural beauty that drew to me to you, Cynthia. You never used any makeup at all, just a little mustache wax. Beautiful, Cynthia. You had a face like a million dollars. A million dollars. All green and wrinkled. All green and wrinkled. Not clever, but intelligent. How you looked, Cynthia, that night at the senior prom. Somehow no one could wear a dress the way you did, with your legs through the sleeves. And, Cynthia, those quaint gloves you wore to that dance... So sentimental of you to wear the same gloves you wore the night you fought Gus Lesnovich. <laughs> and then, Cynthia, came that horrible scene. The scene that we had a little quarrel and I took back my fraternity pin. Honestly, Cynthia, I didn't know it was holding up your overalls. <laughs> and that's when the draft got you. <laughs> but I'll keep traveling down the old...
I'm singing, eh, Mr. Gallup? You know, Texaco is, 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 a, is, is a great bet. I mean, they're missing a great bet. That's what I was about to say. Here I am on their radio show, their television show, and why can't they, well, sort of, well, put me on their Metropolitan Opera program? Well, Burl, you are talented. Thank you have a grand voice. <laughs> well, go on, what are you waiting for? Lightning to strike me. <laughs> clever, clever. You can easily be replaced. <laughs> I can get Norman Brokenshire here. <laughs> oh, yeah, I haven't a voice, eh? Well, I have an operatic voice. Okay, Alan, music. I want you to listen to me. I'm good at opera. I can sing it well. For Texaco, they ought to know that I'm the guy who can really ring the bell on their opera show. What Texaco I'd sell, would I be swell? They ought to hear me yell. What Skyway power, Sky Chief Gasoline puts in your car. La, 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 la. And for the smoothest ride that you have ever seen, Marfax Spectacular. It's longer-lasting stuff. It sticks, it's tough. Your riding's never rough. Well, well, wait, wait a minute, that... wait. Oh, wait, Mr. Gallup. Oh, Mr. Gallup, wait. I still must toil for Havilland Oil. The oil that's sure to clean and lubricate. Sure, my name's Milton Boyle. So shout Magnifico. Yes, when you go. Stop in at Texaco. That uh, was You Call Everybody. Played by Alan Ross and his Texaco Troubadours, and he's got a great band. Alan, you really have? Band sounds like 22 policemen. Never on beat. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, it's time now for our Texaco Forum, where you and the audience can come up and ask questions on our subject tonight. So on with the show as we present... Education Forum tonight. Education Forum tonight. The question, is Milton Berle more on the order of a scholar, more on the order of a student, or just a moron? <laughs> Nothing. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Gallup, and may all your commercials be little ones. All right, let's start with questions from the audience. We'll begin with this gentleman in the second row holding his draft notice in one hand and puncturing his eardrums with the other. Uh, step right up, sir. And tell us, uh, what can we do for you, sir? Mr. Burrell, my firm has sent me here to thank you. With you back on the air, we're opening up two new factories and increasing our production 800%. Well, gee, thanks. Your firm makes radios? No, Airwick. <laughs> Screw that man's cap on and lead him out into an open window. Next question. All right, this, this young man with the turtleneck, stepping up to the microphone. Uh, young man, uh, what is your name? My name is Bing Crosby. 
Bing Crosby? Yeah, but that ain't my real name. Oh, it isn't, huh? No? No, I, I, I just took the name recently when it become popular. Just recently, I see. And what was your name before that? Jessica Dragonette. <laughs> All right, Jessica. <laughs> You're going to ask a question? Have you a question, please? Yeah, I got a question. Well, please, tell us. Why is there overcrowding in our state university? Well, I... The state university is founded on a principle of free education. Well, that's, that's... Free education, that's the bulwark of a democratic system. True, but A I... democratic system that is being stifled by near-sighted economy. I personally... Economy, that's the lowest since 1885. Try to... 1885, a year of ignorance and bleak despair. I asked... I asked why... Why? Yeah, why? Why? Because we place the value of the dollar over the value of brains. Which brings me to another question. Oh, please. Now, please. Stop it. We haven't got the time. Will you please rephrase your question? The whole question is just the essence. Just the essence. Okay. Where could I wash my hands? Now, please, we must be brief. Let's call on a lady now. All right, this lady in the aisle, burning leaves. <laughs> what? What is your name, madam? Hello, Athene. I'm a homemaker. I see. And you have a question concerning education? Yeah, how can I convince my husband with his memory it's just no use for him to go to school? Your husband has a very bad memory? Bad? The only thing his head can retain is rainwater. It's cup-shaped on top. <laughs> Is your husband still going to school? Yeah, on that GI Bill. Getting embarrassing. Why? He's the only veteran in college wearing a Confederate uniform. <laughs> I see. That Jake. First day at school, he brings the teacher a big red apple. Everybody began yelling, Teacher's pet, teacher's pet. Teacher's pet? But not with him, they won't. So your husband's going to college? Yeah, he's going to Columbia, but they gotta keep it quiet. Quiet? Yeah, if Eisenhower hears about it, he'll run for president. What, what courses has your husband been taking? He's tried everything. Once he took up cooking. Cooking? At our last friend party, he made the punch. He held the ice in one hand, the lemons in the other, and stirred the punch. Oh, wait a minute, but if he held the ice in one hand and the lemons in the other, how could he stir the punch? He still got feet, ain't he? <laughs> With his feet? How did the punch come out? Not bad. Had a real sock in it. <laughs> I must say that your husband sure tries. Gotta hand it to him. Today he's at the head of his class. He's at the head of his class? In a jar of alcohol. Thank you, Mrs. Feeney. Thank you very, very much. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, to continue, no forum on education would be complete without an expert in the field. So tonight we are very fortunate having with us one of America's foremost educators. It is my pleasure present that eminent scholar, Dr. Wadsworth J. Finster. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Finster. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Finster, we have several letters from parents asking questions. Would you answer them? Gladly. All right. Thank you. Now, here's the first letter. A mother in Des Moines writes that her son has nightmares, and could you suggest something for him to read before going to bed? I heartily suggest a book... Little Salamoyak's navel bleach on the bottom line of a speech which is over the class. <laughs> Little Salamoyak's labor speech gets lost in the dark schmalman on the side of a tree. She sees suddenly in front of him coming a face. She begins to scream, help me on the tree. Don't leave me on the sword. I am the one that has lost you, my face. Please, child. 
It will scare his pants off. Now, uh, another, another letter. A worried parent in Jackson Heights writes, How can I make school more interesting for my daughter? What a coincidence. It is. You know, just the other day, yeah. a man came into my office and said, yeah. Dr. Finster, yeah. my little child likes to growl, but stay with a differently better coffee. <laughs> His little child wants to come and stay with a sip of him out of clubbing. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> I said to him, now listen here, you snip. Don't go back with that part of a basis. After all, any man has his own claws must always be a prize. Because you want to win that base. That's why I have it planned. And would you believe it? Today that man can eat anything. Thank you, Dr. Finch. Thank you very much. Thank you. Now here's our new singing star, Kay Armand, to sing. Love somebody, yes I do. Love somebody, yes I do. Love somebody, yes I do. I love somebody, but it won't say who. Big and strong, bold and gay, he's not very far away. I would marry him today. Who he is, I will not say. I love somebody, yes I do. Love somebody, yes I do. Love somebody, yes I do. I love somebody, but I won't say who. Big and strong, bold and gay, he's not very far away. I would marry him today. Who he is, I will not say. Love somebody, yes I do. Love somebody, yes I do. Love somebody, yes I do. I love somebody. second verse of the Star Spangled Banner, believe me, Lucy Monroe is through. <laughs> but, Mr. Gallup, I'm sure that our subject tonight, education, must be a very painful one for parents whose kids start at school this week, because I know what a time I had with my son, Junior. Oh, the little monster. No, 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 please, please. Remember, he's my son, my flesh and blood. Excuse me. That's better. The little corny monster. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> What a time my wife and I had the day before school opened. I remember I came home one afternoon, and I'll never forget. Hello, darling. Oh, Milton. Oh, darling. Tell me. Tell me, darling. What is it? It's Junior. He doesn't want to go back to school. No, he doesn't, eh? I'll see to that. Six years he spent in the fifth grade, now he wants to quit. (laughs) Just when he's about to set a record. Let me handle this. Here he comes. Hiya, Mom. Hiya, Pop. What a day I had at the psychiatrist. <laughs> he wants to exhibit me at a convention. Naturally, naturally. Hey, Pop, do I have to keep going to him? I'm getting couch happy. Now, quiet. Junior, listen to Daddy. Now, listen to me. When school opens tomorrow, you're going to be there. You're kidding. <laughs> Junior, you are going back to school. Okay, stand back. Here it comes. No, Junior, please don't. Oh, come on, Junior, don't. Junior, come on, Junior, take it easy. Junior, 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 stop it. Let up. Oh, brother, and Eddie Cannon wants a son. 
when you're going to go back to school, even if I have to... Oh, no, no. That's our neighbors, Sam Harrison and his wife, Martha. Come in. Hi, Mildy. <laughs> we heard someone crying, so I said, Milty must be telling jokes again. <laughs> Isn't that just what I said, Martha? Yes. <laughs> Hello, Martha. I didn't recognize you in that field jacket. <laughs> look, Sam, Junior doesn't want to go back to grammar school. He's right. Why should he? Now, look, Sam, we... Milton Burl, your son deserves something better than a mere public school. He should prepare for college. College? That's where I met Martha, didn't I, Martha? Yes. <laughs> Martha was majoring in public speaking, weren't you, dear? Yes. <laughs> a campus romance. Remember when we went back there for our honeymoon, sweetheart? Yes. Now, look, Sam, look, Junior's going to grammar school, and don't start causing your usual trouble. Milty, did you go to grammar school? Well, no. At his age, I was a child star in Vaudeville. I went to professional children's school. There was I and little Peter Donald and little Sophie Tucker and... Gee, I'll never... Exactly. What's the matter? Milton Burl, as long as you're in show business, your son should go to a professional school. But, Sam, that's for kids who want to be actors. Junior wants to be an axe murderer. <laughs> Milty, are you denying your son the advantages you enjoyed? After all, Milton, Sam is right. I don't know, Mr. Sam is right. Sam is right. Okay, but something tells me that this is a big mistake. Yes. <laughs> Darling, are you sure Junior wrote that he's coming home today? Yes. He's been away to that professional school for two months. I wonder if he... Oh, look! There he is, getting out of a cab. No, look. Look how he's dressed. He's wearing a straw hat and carrying a bamboo cane. Come in. Hello, hello to Mabel, Sam, and Moe. I offer you a smile and laugh, but first, hello! Junior! Junior! Good evening, ladies and germs. Funny thing happened to me on the way home today. A bomb stopped me and said, buddy, I haven't had a fight all week, so I bit him. I bit him! <laughs> I bit him! Junior! <laughs> well, what's ailing you, Buster? <laughs> you must be glad the war's over. Now you can get parts for your head. Parts for your head! Oh, Junior, you're cornier than your old man. You are not. Milton, this is terrible. Are, are you kidding? Are you, are you kidding? He, he's terrific. Junior, did yeah. they teach you the old Smith and Dale doctor bit? Are you the doctor? Yeah, I'm the doctor. I'm Dubeer. Glad to meet you, Dubeer. Stop, uh, <laughs> stop. Another Milton Burl. I'm leaving home. Oh, but darling. Oh, there's the Harrisons again. Come in. Hi, Milton. <laughs> we heard Junior was home, so here we are, aren't we, Martha? Yes. <laughs> Hello, Junior. Hi, Cornball. What's old? <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. The kid is great. Sam, see what's happened. Junior has to leave that school. I was coming to that. I have a friend who runs a trade school. A trade school? A technical college. Say, Martha. Yes? Wasn't his name Fiegelman? Yes. <laughs> oh, but Sam... Milty, you... with his two hands, Junior will make something of himself. Junior is going to Fliegelman's Technical School. Junior's going to Fliegelman's Technical School? Yes, Junior's going to Fliegelman's Technical School. That's what I said. That's what I said. Junior's going to Fliegelman's Technical School. Hello, dear. Milton, Junior's back from trade school. He is? Junior's back. Where is he? He was down in the basement. Oh, here he comes. Oh, I'm a rambler, a crumpling, a mistake, and a heck of an engineer. Junior, Junior, what are you 
you doing down in the basement? Well, you remember the trouble we had with the heater last winter? Yes, that's right. Well, I fixed it, that's all. Oh, you did? Well, that's wonderful. Gosh, Junior, Daddy is very, very proud of you. Are you all right? Yes, Milton. We're lucky. Junior, are you all right? Yes. Our luck didn't last. <laughs> Junior, if you ever... Hello. Hello, is everybody all right? Yes, Sam. Gee, your water border came sailing right through our house. Another inch and it would have killed me. Wouldn't it, Martha? Yes. Sam, Sam don't blame Martha. You, 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 you were the cause of all this. Me? Yes, you. Milty, Junior needs discipline. You're sending him to a military academy. He'll come back here quiet, reserved, respectful. Our junior? Yes. Uh, he goes. This I have to see. Hello, dear. I got your call. The junior's home from military school. Is he respectful? Where is he? He's in his room. In his room? What was that? He's doing his homework. Junior! Junior! Squad of the Mount Kisco Lancers reporting. Junior, I... Quiet! Yeah. <laughs> now look, sad sack. Stand up straight. Suck in your stomach so I can just get on the ball, on the ball! A, two, three, four! A, two, three, four! Oh, wait! Look, Eisenhower, you're home now. Home? Yes, you're home. <laughs> my home is with my men in no man's land. Say, any place you can find an apartment these days... Now look, Junior. Quiet! Uh, yes, sir. Now you. Yes, sir. Is chow ready? Yes, sir. Just as you ordered, sir. Beans. Are we having beans? Quiet. Yeah. The dish for you in the hallway. In the hallway? Can I have dinner with you, sir? Me? Eat with a civilian? Take that. Junior, Junior, not with the sword. Please, how? Wait till I get that Sam Harris. Junior, not with the point. How? How? Stop, stop. Junior. Milty, look, I just got a letter. A letter? Junior's been accepted to that school you wrote to. Good, good. He passed the requirements with flying colors. That's wonderful, Junior. Yeah. Get out of that uniform. We finally got you into the school that you belong. What school? The reform school. That's what school. The reform school. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be back just as soon as Mr. Gallup tells you all about the best friend your car ever had. He means, of course, your neighborhood Texaco dealer who has everything you need to keep your car at its best. Texaco Sky Chief and Fire Chief gasolines, new and improved Havoline motor oil, longer-lasting Marfac chassis lubrication. Just look for the sign of the big red star and green tea on every national highway and many a byway from coast to coast. You, you'll never take more than one We will fight you the last man. Oh, wait, oh, he is the last man. Okay, we'll be fighting two minutes of death. Get away. Get away. Get away. Get away. Okay, hey, we will see you at the Hey, folks, welcome back. Um, don't mind that commotion there. Turns out Mondo did not actually work for the Department of Education. He was merely a crazy person who had broken in and wanted to subject us to the test he'd written. Um, that was the uh, local police department running around after him. I'm really disappointed in myself on this one. We kind of fell uh, for that one hard, didn't we? In our defense, uh, it wasn't too long ago that uh, Slick Willie uh, was making book whiskey in our closet. So uh, things aren't exactly normal around here. So knowing that we had to take a... Uh, Standardized testing to GED written by a crazy man was not exactly the most. On the bright side, 
unusual thing that's ever happened in this building. On the bright side, our landlord did agree to make him the, uh, the security for the building, so he starts that job next week. After he gets cleared of all those fraud charges. Um, yeah, so uh, it's, 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 it's uh, part of his rehabilitation. Yeah, so it's been an interesting day around here. Um, we're gonna sign off. My, my brain's tired. After the day, folks. Thanks, thanks for listening. Man, I had a hard time focusing on that test. Sydney's cheese is still lingering around here. <laughs>